Hi, Merry Christmas, everybody. I'm, uh, I'm Greg, and I'm really glad that you made the choice to be part of this service. I hope that you're all enjoying this, this uh, Christmas season. I'm just going to give a little Christmas reflection here, um, and I'll start with this. I'm sure some of you, I hope some of you have heard this song on the radio. Uh, it's by a band named Echo Smith. Um, it goes like, I wish that I could be like the cool kids. Because all the cool kids, they seem to fit in. Some of you heard that song? I wish that I could be like... I think that song, um, if you could recognize it from the way that I sang it, uh, captures the longing of uh, most junior high students and a good number of high school students. Because junior high and high school, at least in my experience, was just one big popularity contest. Who's hanging with who? What's your ranking? Who looks up to you? What's your crowd? And it's, it's, uh, it's just a feeding frenzy. When I was in high school, I decided to quit that game because it was so exhausting. But in junior high, I gave it a good show. I, I, the game was on. I wanted so bad to break into that inner circle of popular kids. Uh, the crowd, the clique of attractive students, the pretty students, the talented students. Students who dress cool, uh, they're always hip, they're always, they always have the style. Their parents let them wear uh, the, the hair, the way you're supposed to wear your hair in 1970, which now that I look at it, it was ghastly, but, but everyone had to wear that hair. And, and so they were the popular crowd, and I wanted so badly to be part of that. I always felt like I was you know, just sort of on the outer fringe of it, just almost there, but I couldn't quite crack in. I had some things going for me, but I had some things that kind of countered against me. So in my court, in my favor... What raised my popularity status was, um, well, I, 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 was, I played in a rock band, and that gave me some, some status, and I was pretty good at sports. Uh, that gave me some status. I, I was known as the crazy kid. I started, you know, cafeteria fights and stuff. I loved doing that, and, and that gave me some points. So I had some social points. I was up there, right? Pretty cool. Plus, I was stunningly good looking, of course. So I, I, I had a lot going for me. On the other hand, I had some things that lowered my status. Though I had eight years of uh, speech therapy, I still stuttered some, and kids tease me about that, and that really detracts from your social status. I had to wear hand-me-downs, my brother's hand-me-downs, so I was always a year or two or three out of style. And that counts against you in junior high school. Uh, plus, I had no fashion sense whatsoever. I couldn't coordinate anything, and so once in a while I'd show up for school thinking I looked normal, and everyone would say, look what Boyd's wearing! And that, 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 that takes away from some of your, your, your points. It just doesn't, uh, doesn't help. Then my dad, it wasn't until 10th grade where I finally rebelled enough so that I could grow my hair out. But in junior high, I had, I had this buzz cut. And in 1970, having a buzz cut was so not cool. So I had things counting against me. And probably the, the, the worst thing, probably the major thing, was that was just kind of weird. Um, I, I, I just... Uh, I, I never was good at making small talk. I, I, I didn't understand social rules uh, and combine that with the way I dress. You know, I, I found this out two weeks ago. Uh, Shelly's roommate, when, when, she was, when we were dating, when we first started dating, she told me this two weeks ago in this church. She goes, yeah, yeah. She came back. She says, I think I really like him, but he's, he's really weird. <laughs> like, she said that, huh? Fortunately for me, Shelly likes weird. So I, 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 I mean, I'm good. So I, I, I never could crack in. I couldn't get in that inner circle. I was almost there. The real rough thing is that I didn't belong to any of the unpopular groups either. 
So it's caught in this kind of no, man land, no man's land between the popular crowd and the unpopular crowd. And everybody thought I belonged to the other crowd, but in fact, I didn't belong to any of them. I, I, was, I was like known by everybody, but I wasn't good friends with anybody. And so junior high school was a really lonely time for me. It was kind of out there. I remember this one time I was riding home on the bus, uh, and, and uh, uh, the most popular girl in our class was throwing this huge party. And I, I thought this, this, this gal, but she played flute in the, in the junior high orchestra where I was a drummer, and so our paths crossed sometimes. We said hi to each other once in a while. Um, we even had a, a few conversations, short conversations, walking down the hall together. So I consider her kind of a friend, but I didn't make the cut. I didn't make the cut on, on, on the invitation list for this big party. Worse than that, I didn't know about it until the day of the party. I'm riding home on this bus, and there's this super cute girl that I've been trying to get to like me for some time. Uh, and, and then we're having this conversation. All of a sudden, she asked me, oh, are you going to Amy's party tonight? And I just, oh, I, my heart just sunk. And not being good at small talk. Anyways, I didn't know what to say, so I sort of stared. Like, uh, what do I say? What do I say? And then after a few awkward moments, she kind of lowers her head and she says, oh, Sorry. Which was so, now, now she's having pity on me. And this is, a, this is, a, this is, this is terrible. Um, it felt like a dagger going through my, my, my heart. And see, now it's obvious that she is on the inner circle of the popular kids, and I am not. Which means that I have zero chance of ever getting her to go out with me because popular cute girls don't date guys, even as good looking as me, who are not in the popular crowd. It's just the way the world works. Now, I'm sure some of you are wondering right about now, uh, well... That doesn't seem like a very feel-good Christmas story. <laughs> it's supposed to be a Christmas service, for crying out loud. Hang with me here. Hang with me here for a moment. Because, see, it seems to me that, that the world, the world kind of operates, this fallen world operates like a junior high story, like a junior high, like a junior high school. Everywhere, there are parties that you can go to and parties that you know that you can't go to. You're not on the inner crowd. You're not invited there. Yet again, my friend Barack and Michelle Obama didn't invite me to the Christmas party, the White House. Can't believe it. it hurts so bad. I did, however, get a card from them. Look at this. Look at this. I got a Christmas card from the Obamas. I got a Christmas card. Hey, nice big White House there. And there, it's even signed. Look at that. Barack, Michelle, Melissa, Sasha, even the dogs. Put the paws on it. They have real small dogs. Bo and Sonny. There you go. Um, but I did make the cut on the, on the party. Although the fact that I have a Christmas card from him and you don't means that I'm more popular than you. <laughs> I got a Christmas. The truth is, is that probably every religious leader in the country got this Christmas card, I'm assuming. Which makes you wonder, is sending out a meaningless Christmas card that looks rather expensive the best use of taxpayer money? But I'm not going to go there. <laughs> Do I need to go there? See, I didn't make the cut on the Christmas party. Why? Um, well, because I'm not an insider. I am Greg, the meek, the lowly, and the humble. And these guys are big shots. And so they invite their big shot, big, 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 big shot click to come to their Christmas parties. I am an outsider. And the truth is that the world, this fallen world, is filled, just packed with these boundaries, the dividing lines that tell you Who's an insider and who's an outsider? And what parties you can go to and what parties you can't go to? It's a world that runs on the slogan, birds of the same feather flock together, right? Birds of the same feather flock together. And when was the last time you ever saw a rooster go to a penguin party? It just doesn't happen. 
And when was the last time you saw a lowly, meek, humble little pastor ever go to the White House for a Christmas party? It just doesn't happen. The world is filled with these invisible but very, very real boundaries that divide us, that uh, tell us what our position is. Are you, are you rich? Or are you middle class or are you poor? Are you a gifted person or are you just kind of rather ordinary? Are you famous or are you a nobody? Are you educated or are you uneducated? Are you holy or are you one of those sinners? Are, are, are you religious or are you not religious? Are you American or are you Syrian? Do you look safe to us or do you look like a threat? Are you black or are you white? Are you Latino or are you Native American, Hispanic, what have you? And see, generally speaking, if you belong to one category, you're not invited to the parties of the other category. Birds of the same feather flock together. So we're divided up. And we, we know our place. You, if you're not part of the frat, you're not part of the gang, you're not part of the crowd, you don't go to the parties. You are an outsider. Now how different is the party that Jesus throws? He calls this party the kingdom of God. And it's a very, very different kind of party. And you can see this difference right, right from the get-go, right in, in the birth narrative. Let's look at Luke. I read part of this passage a couple weeks ago. But it bears repeating. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Shepherds don't usually get angelic visitations. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. And then suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. A couple things I want us to notice about this passage. First, and I mentioned this a couple weeks ago, uh, when, when, when kings are born of this world, the way they're supposed to be born, the way the world operates, this junior high world that we live in, is... Uh, uh, the, 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 they're born to wealthy parents and to parents who are highly respected. And it's, it's other dignitaries that get the invitation to come and see this newborn baby. And so the baby's surrounded by dignitaries. And the announcement of the baby's birth, it goes throughout the empire, and the whole empire celebrates it. That's how kings are supposed to be born. But when Jesus is born, he's born to peasant parents. And far from being respected, they're not even married yet. And... The invitation to come to see this baby Jesus doesn't go to dignitaries. It comes to these lowly shepherds, which is lower class. These are lower class folks. And so Jesus isn't surrounded by dignitaries. King Jesus isn't surrounded by dignitaries. He's surrounded by farm animals and by peasants. And his, his birth isn't announced throughout the world. No one even knows about it, except for these few who get invited. And the one dignitary who finds out about it tries to kill him. This is a different kind of a king and a different kind of party that he's throwing. And then notice this. The angel says, this will be, his birth will be good news to all people. And that those upon whom the Lord's favor rests will be blessed. And it's clear from the Gospels and throughout the New Testament that the Lord's favor rests on anybody who is willing to accept the Lord's favor. And so right from the get-go, we see here in the announcement of this king that Jesus has come to Inaugurate this party called the kingdom of God, and everybody and anybody who's willing to come can come. He's giving an Ali Ali in free. This is the invitation that changes the world. Uh, 
There's no no one that is not on this invitation list. And this is what God's been doing for the last 2,000 years. He's been throwing this party that Jesus inaugurated. It's a party that celebrates the unfathomable love of God and the, 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 the overwhelming grace of God and the incomprehensible mercy of God and the, 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 the relentless kindness of God. It's a party that celebrates that and participates in, in all that in God. And you are invited to this party. You are invited to this party. You maybe didn't make, any, didn't make the cut on anyone else's invitation, but you're invited to this party. This party, this party is open to all who want to come. It may be that you have never in your life made the cut on an invitation list of an important person for an important party, a popular person for a popular party, but you are on this list and you're invited to this party. This is the party of, this is the, party of the most important person and the most popular person in all of history. You're invited to his party. This is the party of the greatest dignitary in history. Uh, this is the party of the king of kings and the lord of lords, and you are invited to this party. This is the party that's hosted by the creator of the universe who spoke everything into existence and holds it all into it, 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 every, every nanosecond in existence. You're invited to his party. The party of one who never began and whose reign will never end. You're invited to his party. This is the party of, a, of God who loved us so much he became a little baby on that first Christmas morning. And then 30 years later gave his life for us on the cross. You are invited to that party. This king, this king is throwing this joyful, exuberant, extravagant party, a party that will never end, a party that's participating in the joy of God himself and it will never end, and he invites you. Praise God. This is a a party of a king who, in fact, is desperately in love with you, is desperately in love with you, and desperately wants you you to attend this party. In fact, this is a king who's dying for you to attend this party called the kingdom of God. In fact, this is a king who literally died for you to attend this party called the kingdom of God. Maybe, maybe someone is here and, and, and you're hearing this and you're saying, well, no, because I am just too sinful. And I want you to know that that is simply wrong. If I could make the cut, you could make the cut. You're on that list. Maybe you're, you're thinking to yourself, well, I've done terrible things. I've done terrible things. I, 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 I cheated on my spouse and blew apart a wonderful family. I, I killed my unborn child. I wasted the best years of my life strung out on meth. It doesn't matter. It doesn't take away the invitation. You are still on his list. He wants you to be part of this magnificent party that he is throwing. Maybe you're just an overall nasty person. Maybe you, you, you've never loved anyone other than yourself and you've never cared about anyone other than yourself. You've never done anything for anyone other than yourself. Maybe that's you. It doesn't matter. You are on that list. God can change all of that if you'll just accept his invitation. The invitation's still on the table. No ifs, ands, or buts. And here's why. And this is the best news in the entire universe. This is the culmination of the Christmas story right here. You see, when Jesus died on the cross, he destroyed all of those junior high walls and divisions. When Jesus died on the cross, he completely obliterated the ranking system of this world. When Jesus died on the cross, he, he, he annihilated all outsider-insider distinctions. When Jesus died on the cross, he leveled the playing field of all human beings, completely leveled it. Uh, because on the cross, we see, you get the revelation, that we are all sinners. So what variety of sinner you are doesn't matter, and there's no room for comparison. We're all lost sinners on our own, and yet the cross also reveals that even in this state, 
we are loved by God, and we are forgiven by God. All is forgiven. The cross reveals that, that uh, God makes no distinction between those who are relatively righteous or those who are, who are not righteous. It reveals that all of us were outsiders, hopeless outsiders, doomed outsiders, but God, by his grace, by his love, by his mercy, has made us all insiders. This is a, the cross is what changes the world, and it gives an invitation that changes the world. And so if, if you understand it, you realize that for God, nothing could be more irrelevant than whether you're rich or middle class or poor or whether you're gifted or whether you're ordinary or whether you're, you're educated or whether you're uneducated. Nothing could be more irrelevant than whether you're, the world thinks you're holy or whether you're one of those sinners or whether you're religious or you're, you're not particularly religious or whether you're American or whether you're Syrian or whether people see you as a threat or whether people see you as friendly or whether you're black or whether you're white or whether you're Asian or, or Native American or purple or green or whatever. It, nothing could be less relevant to God than that. Because his love is unconditional, it's uncompromising, it's unwavering, it's unsurpassable, it's all-inclusive, it's all-embracing, praise God, and that includes you. This is the invitation that changes the world. It includes you. You. So whoever you are, whatever you've done, whatever the world thinks about you, however the world sees you, whatever category puts you in, however it ranks you, however it judges you, you got to know that God has a passionate love for you and wants you to be part of this party called the kingdom of God. The only remaining question then, the only remaining question is this. Will you accept? Will you accept? What acceptance looks like is, is this. It means that you put your trust in him. You, 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 you believe that he is king. Uh, you believe that he loves you. You believe that he died for you. You believe that he's invited you in on the kingdom. And what it means to accept his invitation then is that you submit to him as king. Now Jesus requires submit, submission not just belief, but submission. Not because he's on some ego trip, some maniacal ego trip where he likes to see people bow to him. No, the reason why he requires submission is this. He is the source of all life, all love, all joy, and all peace. And as his creator, he knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows that when we try to live as masters of our own life, call our own shots, do our own thing, as though we're in control, when we do that, we block ourselves from that love and that joy and that peace and that beauty and that life. We block ourselves from participating in that kingdom. And so out of love for us, for our own good, he says, submit to the one who is the embodiment of life and love and joy and peace and beauty. So my question here tonight, this afternoon, is, is this. Do you want to submit? Are you ready to surrender? If you're hearing this and there's something pulling on, and I'm not asking, do you believe in him? I'm asking, are you willing to surrender to him? This is how we say yes to this invitation. And if you're hearing this and there's something pulling on your heart, I'm here to tell you that that is the Holy Spirit. And I want to encourage you to yield to him and to bow your heart to Jesus Christ. I, I'm going to lead us in a prayer now. And if this is where you're at, if, if you're serious about this, surrendering your life to him, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Uh, now, this prayer isn't a magical kind of avoid hell formula. It's not magic. It is a pledge. It's like saying, I do on the altar when you're getting married. You're pledging to live a certain way. You're pledging to live in a way that is no longer centered on yourself, but is centered on him. And you orientate your life around him, not yourself. And so if you're ready to do that, I want you to pray this prayer with me. I also want to invite all of us to, to pray this prayer. Even if you've been a surrendered disciple of Jesus for a long time, because, see, this is the kind of thing, we don't just do it 20 years ago and then coast. No, this is the kind of thing we always need to be doing, constantly surrendering. 
So I want us to renew our pledge, all right? So we just stand. And uh, if you're here tonight, never surrendered before, this is the time. 2,000 years ago, Jesus was born into this world to redeem this world. He would love this afternoon, this Christmas Eve, how appropriate, to be born in your heart to begin to renew and redeem you. Will you let him in? If that's your heart to desire, then just pray with me. Let's all pray this together. Lord Jesus, pray with me. Lord Jesus, I believe that you are Lord, that you are Savior, that you are Creator, that you are King. And I thank you for creating me, for loving me, for giving your life for me, for saving me. I now submit my life to you. I pledge, with your help, to live a life that's no longer centered on me, but that is centered on you. With your help, I pledge to no longer just seek my will, but to do your will and to follow the example of Jesus. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Empower me to be the person that you created me to be. And thank you, Lord, for inviting me into the party that is the kingdom of God. And all God's people said, amen. 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 Praise God. Yes. Fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, if, if, if you prayed that prayer tonight or this afternoon for the first time, I really encourage you to tell someone about that. The enemy doesn't like what you just did. And there's an enemy out there. I Tell someone about that. And then, if this is the, the, the church that, that you want to call home, uh, I encourage you to look into ways of getting involved. The best thing you can do is get involved in ministry and start bumping shoulders with other people. Or if there's a different church you're just visiting here, do it at that church, but get involved. All right? The kingdom is meant for community.